From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event and welcome back to the intro, Heather Knight. Hey, it's good to be back. It is good to have you back. Um, I want to take you back to a day in April. Go yes. way back. I bet I know what day you're referring to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were riding a bunch of buses, um, and I've been accused of dropping this total muni thing way too much, but I'm going to do it again because it's very specific to this episode. We're riding a bunch of buses. Didn't have time to eat. I no. didn't eat a thing. Mm-mm. It's like 2 o'clock. Um, probably have covered 40 miles by bus and 10 by foot, and we see in the distance what? We got off the 43 Masonic at Monterey and Forrester. The doors opened, and who should be there like a mirage in the desert but Burrito Justice with his bike and a bag full of burritos. Burrito Justice, uh, Twitter presence. He has a blog. Uh, San Francisco personality. One of these people who, um, it takes me a while to describe him, but a lot of people in San Francisco know him. It's the kind of person that I think makes this city a really fun place. Yeah, he's up there with Carl the Fog and other big San Francisco Twitter personalities. Most people don't know who he is, but we do. We do, and he's on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) coming up. Um, This is the second Burrito Stories, Heather. The first one, I don't know if you listened to it, but you did, with uh, Audrey Cooper, our editor-in-chief, defending her fork burrito use. I ate a burrito with Audrey a couple months ago after our midterm elections event, and I saw the fork in action. <laughs> I thought it was a really good episode, and I wanted to do it again. So, Heather Knight, I have brought you in for Burrito Stories Part 2 with Burrito Justice, and I'm very excited about this one. A couple things. While there's no swearing on this episode, miraculously, there is some very specific talk about Santa Claus. If your child is a big Santa Claus fan, you might want to put headphones on them and let them play some music or Minecraft really loud. Also, I have bleeped out Burrito Justice's last name. While his name did appear in our Total Muni 2018 coverage, we're going to leave it a little bit of a mystery here. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Testing, testing. Hello, testing. hello. Testing, burrito, burrito. <laughs> Taco, tamale. <laughs> Papusa. Welcome to the big event. Welcome back, Heather Knight. Hey, good to be here. And Burrito Justice. Hello. Slash John. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Not really, but that's okay. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Burrito. <laughs> burrito. So we're going to get this out of the way. We outed you at, yeah, pretty much. at, at Total <laughs> Muni. Um, Heather and I rode every Muni bus in one day, and, uh, uh, and I decided you, to be nice to you. You came along, <laughs> and, and you pushed me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> fed us burritos, and I saw the photographer getting Burrito Justice's real name. And I'm going to be honest, like I you didn't. You did actually stand up for me and say, "Hey, do you want to do that?" So I'll give you credit there. So I said, you. "Hey, I do you want to do that?" But I also, um, I did not know for sure your real name <laughs> it was a coin flip between john and brian <laughs> and i came on i mean heather I, I went on his his radio show on bff.fm and the whole time i'm like i don't want to have to say his name because <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's john or brian but around I, our I just, age i just respond to burrito at this point. <laughs> just burrito. yeah when i saw yeah. you outside the chronicle building just now i was like I'm going to say hi, but what do I call him? <laughs> Mr. Justice, Burrito, uh, Mr. John? Justice is my father. You can call me Burrito. 
Well, we're very stoked to have you on oh, the you. podcast. I can't believe it's taken this long. It's good. Well, you know, I trained you by having you on BFF a couple of times, so I'm glad to see some of the lessons have stuck. You're looking very professional here. Thank you. I've got my reading glasses on, my scarf. Um, <laughs> accessorizing is very yeah. important in the radio medium. Big board. Big board. We're here for a Burrito Stories what? podcast. Oh, yeah. Burrito Stories. It's the second one. The Do you first the music for Burrito Stories. We don't. Um, I am probably not going to put any like like burrito background stories. Burrito Stories. Someone or wanna... Burrito Stories. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there are no actual burritos here. This is why I agreed to come on. And yeah. there's no food, Peter. Hey, yeah. what's that fork doing in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh man. Well, this is actually a sequel. We had Paolo on and Audrey. Basically, we were bringing her on to make fun of her for eating burrito <laughs> with a fork. And it turned into an oh afternoon of burrito storytelling. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so um, we're going to do this again. We're going to talk about burritos. Um, our first burrito, if you guys remember it, uh, a best burrito. But first, I want to talk about burrito justice mm-hmm. because... Burrito Justice kind of just showed up on my Twitter one day, and I got absolutely no origin story or background, <laughs> and I've gotten little pieces of it here I and there. I started following you because of some Sutra stuff you would, were writing about. Yeah. I want to say it was like six-ish, seven-ish years ago. More, Yeah, I think. and I, I, I'm looking back at some things I think were recent tweets, and it's like, oh, that was 2012. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting old. This, yeah. is, <laughs> this is terrible. Um, but anyway, I think it was that, and then we sort of bonded over Sutro, and then you turned out to have have other other redeeming qualities yes uh, <laughs> journalist of note um yeah so i don't know and it's funny because yeah i i don't really write about burritos all that much well you gotta snarky. explain to our listeners why you are called burrito justice um so the story there is um my wife and i um had a taco truck at our rehearsal dinner um I guess she wasn't technically my wife, and we actually had the rehearsal the next day. But anyway. Where was that? Uh, that was down by, like, Fort Mason. Mm-hmm. And so we got the El Tonance taco truck, because tacos are awesome. And um, I'm from Canada, and uh, there are a bunch of uh, our friends who came from Europe as well. And some taco trucks out there. And uh, I was talking to the uh, taco truck purveyor um, we were paying, and he said, your friends are really funny, because I could tell who was from the States and who or who's from California. Um, and then who was from, um, who was from international, right? Who was international? He said, because your friends from San Francisco would come and just order, you know, whatever number of tacos. Everyone from Europe and Canada would order one taco and then come back and order 10 tacos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this whole thing, this taco truck, how mysterious this is. Um, anyway, so they started getting harassed by uh, SFUSD uh, because they had, basically, they passed... Um, I think it was like a thousand feet. I can't remember the actual number right now. I think it's like a taco truck couldn't be within a thousand feet of a school because it somehow threatened the integrity of the school lunch program. Um, like, I don't I, think that's the only thing threatening the integrity yeah, of the yeah, school yeah. lunch program. Better now. The revolution is better. It's less, you know. But anyway, my kids have opinions on that. Um, and um, anyway, so they were trying to make them move, and I drew a map. And this is back. Like I'm much better at making maps right now. But I, you know, I made this map basically, and ninety percent of the city was off limits to taco trucks. Uh, or food trucks of any kind. And I'm like, you know, a taco truck would be a step up. And it's like, I wish I yeah. saw kids there. Um, and so I actually went and testified at uh, City Hall 
Um, and uh, it was just crazy ridiculous because I sat beside someone and then it slowly dawned on me that they're one of the, what I call nutritionistas who kind of <laughs> hated it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go sit somewhere else. Um, anyway, so um, my favorite memory of that, though, is um, another guy. Um, he brought pictures, as one does in, you know, proceedings at City Hall. Um, and you know, the claim was that uh, people were passing food to the students through the fence. And um, I think it's John McDonald, O'Donnell, uh, uh, the one on Oh, Harris? John O'Connell. O'Connell. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the guy has a picture of a burrito. And it's a really, I don't know what the word is, narrow gauge uh, fence where it's like a really maybe like one inch spaces between in this chain link fence. So he has to <laughs> try to get the burrito through. And, anyway. um, so um, yeah, they, they modified the law. But it's basically like, you know, like liquor stores and sex offenders could be closer to schools wow. than yeah. taco trucks. This stores. is a San Francisco thing. They did it with Dumb. arcades. Yeah, it's just like. Diane Feinstein did it with arcades arcades where now you can't open an arcade they, they overturn the law but you, you couldn't open an arcade anywhere near a school because yeah kids were turning into zombies and well, taco that, trucks yeah and it's also like i mean a thousand feet i mean in a, in a city the size of san francisco that's a lot yeah right and it's like kids they're not gonna walk a block to go get lunch i don't think they also know? um when the they were having the big fight over where cannabis shops yes. could be located last year i made fun of them for saying they had to be like thousands of feet away from daycare centers. I was right. like, because two-year-olds yeah. are going to go walk <laughs> exactly. over to pot. <laughs> you know, kid, baby thinking. <laughs> so I wasn't clear on the resolution. What, yeah. what happened? Oh, anyway, so I went, yeah. and they uh, they modified the law. They made it more reasonable. And also, I think they did some stuff in hours, and I can't exactly remember. This is like a long time ago. But anyway, so I just started complaining about that online. Also, I just had kids, and I didn't want to be one of these parents who kind of disappeared. You know, I want to sort of t- stay in touch with something that's going on. Anyway, they got far more traction. Um, than um, I thought, and sort of the whole burrito justice thing sort of came up, and this was like. Okay, did you name yourself burrito name. justice, or did somebody um, else come up with that? Oh God, what was the guy's name? Some other guy, kind of. I can't remember. Was, In the cinematic yeah. version of this, I like imagine the board president going, <laughs> "You get out of here, you burrito justice," yeah, <laughs> shaking yeah, yeah, his yeah. finger, and then that's the way the name was born. Yeah. Like in the Gus Van Sant. Directed exactly. version no, of this. No, 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 not nearly. Yeah. Uh, that eloquent. I was far more nervous talking than I, <laughs> I probably should have been about this. Kind of get in the middle of like, what am I doing? But anyway, um, and so justice was served, you know. And, um, <laughs> Along and with the, burritos. Exactly. The food trucks uh, stayed to be an integral part of the city. And then it just turned into, you know, me being a smartass on, uh, <laughs> on the blog and Twitter. Yeah. Nice. And then also the sort of, you know, I, I think initially I was doing the, the uh, pseudonymous, you know, is that a word? No, pseudonymous, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, pseudonym, yeah. Um, because really, I, like, the, it was a couple jobs ago and I just didn't want to cross the streams, um, even though I had like probably 100 times more followers than the company I work for had, which is pretty fun. <laughs> um, and then it was sort of like, you know, meeting people in real life was fine. And so it's a little bit less of a concern, but it's sort of the whole concept of the anonymous burrito person is sort of amusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And people try to figure it out. It's like, I, if you want to, fine. I'm not going to stop you. But it's also sort of just the whole concept amuses me. The mystery and the intrigue. It's Do you think we're ever going to know who Carl the Fog is? Um, no. Do you know? I'd you have know? to I, kill you and I, I could would tell you. I think that you would know. Do is you it know? you? Is it you? Is it it's you? not me. Let's, let's announce right now that it's you. <laughs> Peter Holloff, it's called the fog. Oh, my God. Uh, I do know and I cannot say. You do know? Who oh, he or wow. she is. Oh, that's so. awesome. Mm. Cool. That is well, super I interviewed, cool. Well, uh, I interviewed Carl the, fo- Carl the Fog on BFF about yeah. five or six years ago. So. But to get, I've yeah. interviewed this person over email, but oh, they wouldn't talk person. to me. So. In person? Yes. Yeah. And I disguised the voice. You did? Yeah. I was talking like that. You know, one of those things. So, yeah. 
Okay, we're not letting you out. Being. We're not letting you out of the basement of the Chronicle until okay. you can hang out here for a while. I don't want to know. <laughs> I know. I don't want to. Do you really want to know? I, I don't. Know. I don't want to know. I don't yeah. want to know who Darth is. I yeah. don't want to know who Carl. I don't think we'll ever is. find out who Darth is. I was happy to meet you. Ah, well, thank um, you. Even though I didn't. Again, <laughs> Versus, didn't, yeah, I didn't really like medium. Kind of a dick. It's kind of an ass. <laughs> it's like really. Just no, but I mean, just grading. from the point of view, like I was, I was okay to put a face to it. I didn't yeah. feel like I want to keep Bria just a secret, you know. Um, and I think you know we had a burrito together it seems like something you should yeah. do with burrito exactly. justice exactly. but um, yeah. anyway well we were very honored and a little surprised when you yeah. when you uh, your real name came out during our little excursion yeah so um, I won't say it again but uh, <laughs> just beep it out at the beginning it's that very this is unusual name of <laughs> yes one <laughs> or maybe it's one <laughs> So we we have, I mean, this is San Francisco's foremost burrito expert here. Well, um, burrito I'm just expert. giving you that. We're foremost. a city of 850,000 burrito experts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was wondering, do you remember your first burrito? And I was thinking this could be something we could go kind of in a circle yeah. here. So um, I, I'm from Canada, and Mexican food is terrible in Canada because there are not enough Mexicans in mm-hmm. Canada. Uh, so immigration helps. Um, and I don't ever remember having a burrito when I was like young, but I do remember when then I uh, lived in Arizona for a while. Um, and I do remember eating um, Mexican food there. Um, I distinctly remember uh, chimichangas and I didn't really know those were burritos and later found out, oh, it's a deep fried burrito, which is like, you know, the number of those I ate as a child. It's like, I'm sure had marvelous health benefits. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, this is, you know, the like the early 80s, late 70s. It was like Taco Bell too. I mean, you know, I was you know, some white kid and I had no idea what a taqueria what actually was and even though I'm sure there are a couple I, I do remember going to a couple of taquerias in Arizona when I was probably like 10. Was there like a eureka moment was there kind of like the Pulp Fiction opening up the briefcase where you just had this fantastic burrito and then yeah this I just became remember part of your um, life? so kind of getting back my uh, my favorite taqueria uh, burned down hmm. uh, in La Lengua uh, the El Gran Taco Loco um and I think I remember once um, I was up eating a burrito and having a beer and like just I was sitting on my roof and going, holy crap, this is a good burrito. <laughs> sitting, it's a sunny day. It was really nice. Um, and it's like, this is just a good burrito, you know, and they just sort of realizing, you know, taking for granted that, you know, they're so accessible as opposed to, you know, the effort you have to go to um, to try to make a burrito somewhere else if you didn't have all the ingredients. Like just be, you know. Make a burrito at home. I suggest not doing that because you're just no. gonna be sad and disappointed. Yeah, it's yeah. never gonna be. Sad. No, no. It's like move. You just need to move. <laughs> I think that's basically the easiest answer is move. Yeah. So, uh, which is why now I think you know because of the quality of burritos is why you know houses cost you know no less than one point five million dollars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a simple supply and demand issue. You either decrease the number of burritos or increase the number of houses. One of the two. Yeah. So and with gentrification, hey, maybe we'll just go and eliminate all the burritos. You know, we'll price no. all the people who no, make them. I, I'm really afraid of. That. Actually, yeah. I'm very afraid of, of pricing out the people who actually make the burritos because then we'll end up with Chipotle, which I'm not in favor of because this is like lowest common denominator of yeah. something that is actually recognizably a burrito. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, well, we could talk Chipotle in a little bit. Um, that's going to come up. I know. Why <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, topics? I don't know, Heather, I defended Chipotle a yeah, little you, bit in yeah, the last episode. Pretty, so I'm going to. It's going to be Vichy burrito apology, kind of, you know, under the under the regime there's gonna be a reckoning first burrito heather 
Sorry to say it was definitely Taco Bell. I grew up in Davis, and I vividly remember my mom making us go to church every Sunday, and the reward was going to Taco Bell <laughs> afterwards for Thank God lunch. for Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd always get a burrito supreme. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. Do you remember your first real burrito, like a, like a you know, taqueria burrito? Um, probably when I moved to the city and I lived in the inner sunset and there were some yeah. options around there. So, um, that was 99. Wow. Yeah. Ancient era. It was. In the previous century, <laughs> burritos existed. That was a good year for burritos, though. 99, <laughs> I remember. Uh, my first one was, uh, I remember I was 10 or 11 years old. My friend Brian Black, who was my friend since I was little, his older brother would take us around. And he's the one who, like, took me to Close Encounters of the Third oh, Kind. And he's about eight or nine years older, so he's in high school when we're younger. I was probably actually eight or nine. And um, he took me to B Street in San Mateo, which was the closest like place with real Mexican taquerias in Burlingame where I grew up. And I remember he got me this burrito. It must have had carne or something in it. And it was so big that when he handed it to me, I instantly was, <laughs> was not hungry. I mean, it was just like my appetite left. And I was a really picky kid, so um, the meat, like if there's a little bit of gristle on yeah, it, yeah. you know, it's all over for me. So I just remember taking little nibbly <laughs> bites around the burrito, trying not to eat the meat, and but then trying to act like it was good because it was like Brian's cool older brother who we loved, Barney. He was totally idolized him, so I'm like taking these little nibbly bites, going, mm, "This is delicious." So I remember not liking my first burrito. Oh. Um, but then later on, when I got to high school and got a little bit more, um, you know, food adventurous for a Burlingame kid, uh, we would get our burritos at La Tapatia. Yeah. And oh, then uh, we would get our burrito at La Tapatia in South City, bring them home to Burlingame, get on a Sam Trans, <laughs> and then go to Candlestick Park. And I'd be eating this burrito like three and a half, four hours later. Oh. 40 miles away. You know, well, that's it. They're transportable. I mean, they're transportable. Inherently... And- they're inherently transportable. Yeah. You so, know? Still, so you did, you did but right. wouldn't they You're, be cold? A little no, bit, still, but, those things, you know, I mean, those uh, still delicious. burritos are so big, they have, like, they gain critical mass. Yeah. I think they self-heat, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they, they just had good foil. I remember it was probably a little bit cold, but not cold, cold, you know, yeah. just, you know, yeah. lukewarm. Yeah. It was very Warm delicious. Enough. I mean, that was oh, some so of my good. best burrito no, eating. That's probably one of my favorite taquerias in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, for Also, they have... Um, Chili Verde there, which is not often available as a mm. standard uh, burrito filling. Mm. So, yeah. um, big props for I'm that. getting really hungry. Yeah, why did we not <laughs> bring I know, exactly. It's such an oversight. Like, I think I just a flaw on our plan. <laughs> not to bring burritos here. It, well, it's, it's later in the day. It's like 3 o'clock. True, so. true. Afternoon burrito. After lunch burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about best burritos, but first I want to um, – introduce Heather and her fantastic work that she's done asking all of our city <laughs> leaders and newsmakers where they have eaten their best burrito and half of them can't name I know. it. They like, like freeze yeah. up. Okay. So Heather, how did this start? <laughs> well, um, we started our podcast out of City Hall uh, when the mayor's race was going on in February, March, and we interviewed all four of the main contenders on the podcast. The but City I, Insider podcast. Yes. A little plug there. I didn't want to just have it be 
only boring, like, what are you going to do about our homeless problem? Of course, we asked them all of that, too, but we told them there would be a fun lightning round at the end to keep them on their toes. So and they've been it, warned. Yes. And yes. actually, I, I went back and read my pitch letter to all of their campaigns, and it said, there will be a lightning round, which will have fun questions like, where is your favorite place <laughs> to go and get a burrito? And still, um, two of the four came totally unprepared. Oh, man. Um, Mark Leno could apparently visualize the place in his head, but he couldn't remember the name of it. But Jane Kim couldn't even come up with any <laughs> answer. Um, I, I felt like she needed to focus group it. Like like she's, <laughs> she, like I could just see you asking this question and she's looking over at her campaign yeah. manager or something. I've definitely office. noticed that people running for office have the hardest time answering these questions because they have to think of the right answer. Right. Um, well, but, also, if yeah. it's, yeah, out of your district, too, or you have your most support, you don't alienate people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too late. Yeah. Or maybe you're thinking, like, I'm really behind in District 9, yes. so I need to name it District 9 Taqueria to get the numbers up there. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela Alioto did come up with Gordo's. Good. And Good. London Breed came up with um, Pancha Villa. She was very excited to describe her, her trips <laughs> to Pancha Villa as a teenager. Um, that probably was the pers- first place in San Francisco that I had a, a burrito. Pancho Villa. Yeah. If yeah. not, the one around the corner. But I think it might have been Pancho Villa first. Good one. I went through and tallied up what everybody has said, and Gordo's has been the number one answer. This came from Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff, State Senator Scott Weiner, Angela Alioto, and former Mayor Mark Farrell. Now, All do you think, cited Gordo's. Do you think they're listening to the podcast now choosing that as the politically acceptable thing? <laughs> <laughs> have you created... You know, sort of uh, political viability. What here. do you think of Gordo's? Because some people just I don't really miss it. get out there very often. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been there like maybe once. It's yeah. Fine. I mean, again, we're in a city where like I think any taqueria is going to be pretty good. <laughs> El Farolito was also Adam Savage's right. choice where I totally stole Heather's mm-hmm. um, questions and I'm starting to give them to my people now. But I'm crediting <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. It's fair. What else did you What else did you come up with? So Gordo's was number one. Pancho Villa... La Cornetta was mm. cited by Fire Chief Joanne Hayes-White, which I only later realized is because her family owns the building. Oh. Um, With the one in Glen Park? Yeah. yeah. They have peas in their burritos. Yeah. Like, I actually like that place because oh. I live there. Oh. Um, you like the peas or you like that place? Not the peas, the peas in particular, okay, but it's just convenient. Well, it's, yeah. in the, it's in the rice, right? They're making rice in that has peas in it. They're not it's not like they just in, put peas in the burrito. They don't have a dish of peas that they're spooning <laughs> in like the peas burrito. Would you like peas in your burrito? It's going to be in the rice. Yeah, but okay. You know, I mean, the delivery mechanism is not the issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the existence they're in. And then the only food truck, um, I don't know the name of it, but it was cited by Jeff Kaczynski, the homelessness director at Mission in South Venice. Any idea Mission what that would South be? Venice. He said it's because it's cl- no, uh, close to his office. Okay. Mark Leno, too, in his defense, had a very specific. He had the Memory. cross streets, okay. and like he's it's it's a you know mid-century building. I mean, he yeah. he, he had a place in mind, and he just couldn't name it. Yeah. And I do that all the time, yeah. so I'm sympathetic yeah. no. to him. Oh, and Supervisor Raphael Mandelman said he would have chosen La Taqueria, but with the um, workforce union ah. stuff that's been going on. He has switched to Papalote. Oh, wow. Interesting. That is a, that is a political answer <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. Mm. Well, I want to get your best burrito that you've ever eaten, period. I gave my story in the last episode. So as much as you can remember, best burrito you've ever had in your life, burrito justice, go. Yeah. I think it's, um, um, the, uh, Pollo, uh, I always got asada, asada, 
no, carne asada, pollo asado. I'm ter- terrible at Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, from El Gran Taco Loco, uh-huh. um, sitting on my roof in the sun with a beer. It's probably a Lagunitas and realizing that this was a very, you know, the fog was starting to come over. Twin Peaks, you know, past, past Sutro. Yeah. Um, you're like, okay, this is not terrible. This is, this is a really good burrito at a really good time and place. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well wrapped, the foil being key. Because, you know, anyone who says there's no foil in burritos, that's automatically. We'll, we'll talk about burrito, <laughs> burrito law in yeah. a little bit. Um, but raw wrapped, I mean, the, the wrapping of the burrito is, is, is key. Because, I mean, you can have, especially if um, I don't like sour cream in my burritos. I don't agree. That's mm-hmm. a, I think it uh, compromises the structural integrity mm. of yeah. the burrito. Now, you can get around Do you like that. guacamole? Uh, I prefer avocados, mm. actually. Ooh. Um, and I go for um, black beans rather than refried beans. I do too. Again, from a structural integrity point of view. Too many liquids in your burrito. <laughs> um, the foil can get around that to a certain degree, um, but there's a point, you know, you got to keep your burrito at like 95 PSI, yeah. you know, <laughs> like otherwise you could lose an eye. You know, it's yeah. very dangerous. The foil is a safety mechanism. It's really there to protect you. <laughs> um, yeah, but a well-wrapped burrito is actually pretty because there's nothing worse having a soggy, floppy burrito. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like I like how your description is very much like how I imagine eating my last burrito before I die. Yeah, yeah. You know, sun outside, <laughs> surrounded by my loved ones. <laughs> Have you and, taught your kids proper burrito etiquette? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, they, I, I definitely uh, like chide my older son if he's if his burrito's falling apart and mm-hmm. I'm telling him how to hold it, but he doesn't want to listen to me. So he's more yes. likely not to do what I'm saying. So <laughs> tell him the opposite. Yeah. My eight year old loves listening to Peter's podcast and he listened to the first burrito stories one <laughs> yeah. and he was totally chiming in on all of your rules. Nice. And he was, he totally agrees with the foil and the finger placement. Yep. And yep. He was, yeah. Clarinet it, stance. Well, you're, yeah, fine. but your high, high foil level was interesting comment. I mean, that's definitely precision eater. So. Yeah, no, wing walker, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have metal fillings. Same. You have yeah. metal fillings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to, I want to keep the burrito's <laughs> yeah. structural integrity, but I'm also yeah. taking a little bit of a risk, because just a little bit of foil and my day's ruined. Yeah, so. yeah. No, um, so that's a definite balance. Yeah. But, um yeah, I, I was looking through old tweets, and I was saying earlier, like, searching for burrito on my Twitter feed is actually really quite hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I found, um, this was a tweet from, it was like, well, I guess it was eight years ago when uh, Takeda, my older daughter, was uh, two and a half. And it's like, she's like, I had like, Daddy, I want a burrito. A burrito! And so yeah. she got that very early. So. <laughs> and, and your children's names, by the way, Takeda, and then... Uh, Papusa Libre and uh, Burrito Sore. <laughs> burrito Sore. <laughs> Takeda Justice, so... For they've, those... em- they've embraced their names. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone point. have the last name Justice? Uh, no, no. no. Kind of <laughs> mix it up. I mean, she was Tiquita Justice. Now she's sort of just Tiquita. She's walking around. She goes, Dad, that's an awesome name. I'm like, thanks. She's, so she's embracing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's totally embraced it. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So got to treat them all. But, you know, she's in there with uh, black beans, steak. You know, she's she has her, you know, has her favorite. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, though, I have something about... Not the not to take over your podcast here or anything like that. <laughs> Too late. Um, but talking about kids, the um, the whole thing with the uh, the burrito railgun, um, which is the hundred point gun. crane. Yeah, yeah. So I developed this mythology um, on Twitter <laughs> about it being a burrito railgun. It shoots burritos to the east coast, <laughs> and so I'd tell my kids we're driving on one hundred and one and tell them the stories like, "Oh, there's burrito railgun." This it's is like the a, Hunter's Point crane yeah. with yeah. the, the with, gantry, with the red and white, the red and white gantry, which was for Polaris missiles uh, and shipbuilding, and is yeah. yeah a bunch of different things. But the yeah. uh, the top pointy part was for Polaris missile testing, um, and so that was just the thing. And 
they're driving by. It's like, Dad, look, the burrito railgun. And they're telling other people a burrito railgun. <laughs> you know, they're all in the whole San Francisco mythology of Carl the Fog and, you know, Sutro, the whole thing. Um, anyway, so uh, about two years ago, I was talking, you know, like my kids had a bunch of skeptical questions about it. You know, it's like, why? And they were actually more, one was just about the physics and how it worked. Um, it's like, why do we never see it? It's like, oh, it's typically at night, you know, just dad <laughs> coming up with answers, right? Um, and there's like, and then they would really get indignant. And it's like, it's like, well, why do we have to send burritos to the East Coast? Can't they learn to make their own burritos? <laughs> like, that's a very good point. You'd think they would, but, you know, supply chain. Um, anyway, so there's a point about two years ago. Um, Tiki and I were talking about something. And then I basically um, didn't realize that she believed it was a real Oh. And so I'm telling her and talking about it, and then I see her eyes get big, and it's kind of like the Santa Claus moment, right? And I realize, oh my god! And she's like, almost starts like she's laughing but crying. She's like, Dad, I thought it was real. And it's this kind of thing. I'm like, oh my god, I've ruined your childhood. <laughs> but anyway, she's keeping the mythology alive yeah. with her uh, younger brother and sister. Yeah, Cute. that was quite a moment. Oh, <laughs> so uh, Heather, best burrito? Do you remember? I'm Tell me it's not a Taco Bell. No, no, don't, don't say, say Taco Bell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was so excited to be in my neighborhood when we were ah, that's true. catching we the 43 yes. and got off at Monterey and Forrester, and I knew where we were, and I knew where we were going, yeah. like, unlike the rest of the day. And, uh, <laughs> Lost in And the then you were there with a bag of burritos. Burritos. But um, La Cornetta is my go-to because of just proximity. proximity and where my same eight-year-old gets... Um, he will not accept a baby burrito anymore. Ooh. It's got to be the full-sized regular wow. burrito. And then he says he's still hungry afterwards. Wow. He could probably eat yep. two burritos. Yeah. <sighs> burritos. I also like That's with a right. baby burrito, you can have it at lunch and still be hungry for dinner. This is true. Versus going and hibernating for months. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad you didn't say Taco Bell. No. Because that would have been... It was my first. It was your not first. the best. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, I think we can move on to burrito law now. We've We've been kind of dancing around it the entire podcast <laughs> um i'm gonna start with just asking you burrito uh -huh. justice you're getting regular opinions from people queries from people who want to know whether something's a burrito or not yeah. a burrito and it's usually not a burrito when they ask so yeah. 99 i feel like if the they time. have to ask you then it's not i think it's more pseudo trolling it's mm. more making me um so basically yes when questionable burritos come out like i hear about it a lot you uh -huh. know i get a lot of people telling me what's often. the weirdest um thing that somebody sent you asking if it's um i would say there were some uh, england seems to have a large number of um <laughs> questionable burrito technologies i think as england slides back into the dark ages things <laughs> we'll are only worse. gonna get worse i mean they're going to eventually lose the uh, ability to make aluminum you know with brexit it's, they're just not gonna have beans for example <laughs> yeah. flour um so they're kind of doomed to begin with um no, and they're also, even if for good times for them, they're at the end of the supply chain issue because yeah. there are, it's hard, you know, when you don't, you know, have that many people, that sort of critical mass of people making stuff that frequently, um, I, it's hard to train staff and getting good ingredients. Um, it's interesting though, because like some people, hey, somebody found this taqueria in like Kazakhstan and they're like <laughs> traveling, I think it's Kazakhstan or one of the stands, right? And I'm like, and kind of looking at it, it's like the place didn't look terrible you know um but there are also people were like oh there's this great taqueria in berlin and it's like it's not a good taqueria <laughs> you know and again supply chain also yeah. i think it's you know you your your uh sort of native culture food uh preparation techniques kind of 
you know, find their way into those burritos for good or for bad. Um, but yeah, England, there is a, uh, oh, there's bad British burritos, but then there was, um, someone, there's a website that a guy was talking about a British burrito in India and, the, what? and as Whoa. if the, like they, in this store, this place in India was marketing themselves as doing British burritos. I'm like, I, that doesn't that work doesn't for anybody. Sense. There's good Indian food in Britain, but there's not good true, British true. tacos It seems like, like a game of telephone with a <laughs> yeah, burrito. Yeah. Like if you're going a burrito It was a cube, it wasn't a cylinder. Yeah. No, it was actually pretty fly. It was like sad. And then I think I, um, I was bitching about it on Twitter, and then the site went down. I think they might have got blocked or something. <laughs> Somebody probably offensive material or something. Like that. And they came back online. I haven't looked for a few years, but it's there. My um, husband's from England, and I remember on one visit back uh, to see his family in London, I was craving Mexican food, and I spotted a Mexican restaurant. Oh, no. Don't do it. It was so bad. I don't know why uh, I ate there. But I should have known when the tagline no, you know. the tagline on this restaurant was, it's Mexcellent. Oh, oh no. <laughs> see, that alone. Should have tipped me off. Warning. Winchia, Winchia, pull up. Terrain. <laughs> Oh my god! And what was your, what was your review, Heather? You... Terrible, of course. Okay, so burrito justice. Yes, French fries and burritos, no. sushi burritos. No. no, anything outside of a mission style burrito. No, I have a hard time. Um, I understand the appeal of having cylindrical foods and wrapping stuff up. That kind of yeah. makes sense. You're like, hey, you but know. then it's a wrap, right? Exactly. Yeah. The Greeks have this down, you know, and it's like, hey, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. I mean, and even if you do with foil, it's like, okay, good foils, good. You know, foil, very valuable. You, aluminum used to be, you know, like more valuable than gold. So like, hey, let's continue that tradition and have a valuable material, a strong material for that. That's because you wrap it up in foil that's going to get a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will defend a pea or two <laughs> in my burrito because it's in the Mexican rice. My, mo- uh, my mother will mm-hmm. put a pea Does she or put a pea in her I don't, I seem to recall either my mother or my grandmother eating a pea and maybe a little bit of corn I mean, maybe not. She's going to listen to this and be like, what the hell are, are you talking about? Take it back. She's, she's like a, not true at all. She's a legit Mexican, so she's going to be, I'm going to be, that's what's going to get me out of the will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about, you You mentioned no sour cream, but that's like a preference. Yeah, that's a preference. I don't begrudge people for having sour cream. I think that's an acceptable thing. It's just, I just, you know, from a structural integrity point of view, you know, I think it just makes it less enjoyable. What do you think about prawns in a burrito? Um, I think a camera, that's not bad. I think that's 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 okay. Yeah, burrito with a fork. No, no, never. So um, I, let me uh, let me read you <laughs> burrito law. Uh, so I basically declared burrito law uh, statute one: uh, if you pull all the foil off of it, or there's no foil, it's no longer a burrito. Uh, statute two is if you touch it with a fork and knife, it ceases being a burrito. What does it become? It just stops. It just <laughs> space and time kick in. It's, it just changes. A burrito is a magical, mystical thing. The foil's keeping this, you know, good energy in, and that energy gets kind of zapped out when you touch it with the. So it's like, is there. it like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters where you it really see just something? more just becomes sort of null and void. It yeah. just, you know, it's basically you know the uh, the just spirit. Just a blob of food. The spirit of the burrito is gone. Yeah, it's very All sad. Right. Uh, and uh, statute three. Um, if you get it outside the Bay Area, it is no longer a burrito. Whoa. You can take a burrito outside of the Bay Area, but you cannot bring if it, if you, you it's not physically possible to uh-huh. actually make a burrito if you're outside the Bay Area. That but, is controversial. Yeah. I'll give Santa Cruz. They're, they're you know not just nine <laughs> counties. I'll give Santa Cruz a uh, buy on there. Okay, what about, at least but, the Central like, Valley. I think there are a few things in there, but 
Healdsburg, yes. It's kind but of an Burnville, energy field. No, is that yeah. uh, sort of decreasing? It's sort of like um, I'm just like, what city is capacitance. it? Not a burrito, I like it's, Fairfield it's, 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 it's or Vacaville? It's a gradient, right? Yeah. So here we're like, you know, well, I don't know about here because I mean, no burritos. We're underground. <laughs> I don't know if the field actually goes underground, but it's, it's sort of a gradient, right? Yeah. So it's 100 percent in San Francisco, and then it's like 90, 80, 70, so you get further out. I'll make a map on this probably. So I, I might have to um, challenge you on that, and you are the law, but. <laughs> I th- I can eat a really bad burrito a block from here in San Francisco. True. True. I could go to King City. You. This is the big secret of King uh-huh. City that everybody goes to the McDonald's and Jack yeah. in the Box. But if you go half a mile inland, there's some great Mexican restaurants. Uh-huh. I've only eaten. Wait, is that on my flight? Or is that where is that? Uh, King City on yeah. along 101. Oh, okay. Halfway between here and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, San Luis Obispo. Or... Right. Yeah. That, they're like the speed trap place. I think. It's a speed yeah. trap place and the okay. off secret burrito. Off I think there are the islands. Mexican food okay, place. fair enough on that. It's like there are islands or pockets of burrito civilization that you can find outside <laughs> okay. the area. I'll, 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 I'll amend. I can do some caveats on that. So yeah, all um, right. But by and large, yes, you can get just like there's sort of like some, of you know, null. Like again, there's like little sort of burrito vacuums as soon as you touch it with a fork. I think that might affect a neighborhood for a few hours. You <laughs> know? So you got to really be careful of your neighbors. You don't want to ruin the experience for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the knife and fork and the foil are the two most important ones, because um, that's just bad. What do you think Why? about lettuce? Uh, not really my thing. No, I but think it, but it can be a burrito with lettuce. I mean, I don't see how you could really enjoy it, but I'm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> know, He's fine. rolling his eyes for yes. the listeners. Eyes, <laughs> eyes were rolled. I occasionally like lettuce just as is a texture thing. I yeah. think so much of it is about texture. If the if the other mm-hmm. ingredients in it are are balancing it then mm-hmm. i think lettuce is okay it's benign i, I mean, don't like it because no... it gets warm and like wilty yeah but i mean that's if you're it depends on when you're eating it right how you're eating it my candlestick park burrito with lettuce would not have worked <laughs> yeah but yeah um yeah, yeah. i really want to have a burrito for dinner now. <laughs> yeah and then finally you can come at me because i marginally defended Chipotle. I did not strongly <laughs> defend it, but I said there's a place in this Did you universe. defend it as much as Hard Rock Cafe? No. No, 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 See, no. no, no. Um, no. Hard Rock Cafe, well, I'll fight you over that. <laughs> that. That place was just rad. <laughs> You're a man of your era. Your <laughs> yes. um, I say for Chipotle, I have mixed feelings on that because, I mean, for a lot of places, they, they have the supply chain thing figure it out. I'll give them credit for that. But I think, who was it on the previous show who made analogy? It's like the the cool indie band that gets big and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's Paolo. Yeah. Paolo and so I think that's a good analogy because it's like, you know, and again, even if there's a Chipotle a block away, there's no real, like, then again, this is a bit of a burrito desert in a way. I mean, other than oh, that, that El Faro by, um, what, I think it's near here. Or? It's a couple blocks away. Yeah. I know where you're talking about. Um, it's, it's, yeah, mission in a third or yeah. something like that and i get it for lunch and running out but i'm like uh, you got to plan ahead then you know it's like get hungry if you go get the burrito you know get get the burrito you need to be with you know <laughs> yeah. make the effort make the effort make the relationship all right you know um i get that but i think it's I, just, they're just not that good they're just kind of like eh, i think the meat's kind of dry yeah it's just like it's over, like, granted, you look at any taqueria, which is effectively an, an assembly line, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of figured out. It's too much of one, right? And it's like too much is pre-processed, too much is overly prepped. I think it, the ingredients are okay, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's just, yeah, probably some stuff sitting around a little too long. Mm-hmm. I, I sat like uh, 20 feet away from Michael Bauer for about seven years, and 
a couple times I got a Chipotle burrito, and as I walked <laughs> by his desk, I was like totally hiding it, like I was afraid that the he burrito would walk see of it. shame, Peter. Yeah, and I mean, there's no good Mexican food near here, and <laughs> and I'm hungry, and it's an assembly line, it's fast. I get the sofritas, and I get it in a bowl, so it wasn't mm-hmm. even a burrito that time, probably. Yeah. But um, I was totally afraid he was going to see it and just like write me off forever. You Judge know? you. So I finally, the second or third time I did it, I tweeted it like. about the experience of walking by Michael Bauer's desk with a Chipotle burrito. And he came out and told me, like, he said, I've written about this. It's fuel. Sometimes you just need fuel Mm -hmm. for your body. So I don't defend Chipotle as, like, you know, a great dining experience Mm -hmm. or even a good one. I'm not going to ever have my you know, wedding reception dinner there. Um, I'm not going to take my friends from out of town there. Because your wife is awesome. We're going to renew our vows. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly's listening, I'm sure. She is awesome. Uh, No, but there are times when I just need fuel. And Chipotle is, you you go to that mall in the Westfield Mall. (laughs) Chipotle is in my top three places there just to get fuel. Mm. So that's my defense of Chipotle. Burrito desperation. Yeah, pretty desperate. <laughs> All right, I have one more. Um, I'm sorry. Any closing thoughts on what we've been talking about? I, I don't want to um, cut you off on burrito law. Oh no, the burrito law. Um, I made a discovery. Uh, actually, a rediscovery because it's something that I'd found, but then couldn't find, and just actually found again this afternoon. Because um, I think you said the first burrito reference in the Chronicle was in 1954, 1945, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I think. Newspapers in LA around the 40s or 50s seems to be this sort of common era of like when you actually start seeing it. And then um, we discovered burritos in like 78. Right, we ignored was, them for the first oh my God. 20 years. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, no, but then you talk about. Um, um, I've talked to uh, kids who grew up in the mission, you know, and they, you know, like our age, and then basically um, like going and getting, well, you know, Burritos for like 288. It's like burritos and a Coke was like 288 or something like that for a yeah. while. Um, and then talk about the punk rockers where the first white kids they actually saw coming in eating burritos and kind of spreading from there. Nice. Um, but anyway, um, so I found uh, it's not a reference to a burrito because I couldn't find anything before uh, the 50s. Uh, but I did find something from uh, 1886. <laughs> wow. Um, but this is in the Sacramento Daily Union. Um, and it's a, a couple of tourists down in Mexico. Um, they would often do this travelogue, like they would go somewhere weird to them yeah. and write about it. Um, and so they um, were basically walking around some rural part of Mexico um, and were hungry or starving, to, not starving to death, but like they basically couldn't find food. They couldn't find restaurants. So they were like, you know, talking about eating their shoe. <laughs> um, and so uh, they're basically like, okay, how do we get some food before we start, you know, we have to walk to this other town, meet there by night. Um, and so it's like, finally, uh, they're walking around this town looking for food, very un- unsuccessful. It's like, finally, one of the handsome daughters of the bathkeeper, pitying our famished condition, came and asked if we would like to eat a burro. Burro being the Mexican word for donkey. We were rather shocked at the proposition. We're on the point of telling her that we should infinitely prefer waiting until we reached, our, reached town. When the sister uh, added to our perplexity, Robbie Marking, uh, some of them, um, some of them, or they, some people call them pecadoros, which means female sinners, worse and worse. Uh, in this lonely place, but the point one um, one person hastened to assure us that in this region, burros or pecadoros or hot tortillas with goat's milk cheese rolled up in them. We found a particularly palatable lack for anything better before we had finished them. 
Um, and they bought uh, basically then um, like stewed pot and meat. We're putting in these burrows. So wow. you definitely good. from 1886 had some. So sometime between, you know, I think I, I suspect it was probably used 20 or 30 years before it was in a newspaper. So yeah. I would guess, you know, 1910s or 20s was probably maybe what's coined. That California. was like the burrito shroud of Turin or something. Yeah, yeah pretty know? much. Yeah. The, the, the ur, ur burrito. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, people have been ra- wrapping up food and tortillas in Mexico for quite some time. Yeah. So, you know, this, that's not entirely a surprise. Um, anyway, so there's your burro for you. Nice. That's uh, that's some good history. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like the 1850s, we're talking about, in the, in the Daily Alta, they're talking about tortillas all the time. So, you know, somebody did it. Yeah. Somebody did it. What they call it is a different matter entirely. But then again, you know, white people were calling tortillas pancakes. So <laughs> <laughs> keep white people out of the equation when this coming to burritos will be okay. Um, well, yeah. I, I got an idea Uh-oh. to uh, spring on Heather. All, all of our total SF ideas now, uh-huh. I just save them till we're on a podcast. <laughs> and, I and I can't say no. And there's record no. of her exasperation. Yeah. So she's got to be like, no, that sounds great. Um, this happened actually a couple That's really times. Good idea. <laughs> so we've got this new space. Mm. Uh, in the Chronicle, it used to be inhabited by Yahoo, and now it's just this big. Ooh. It's actually a really nice space for uh-huh. a gathering. Um, you could have a reception there uh-huh. you, for my renewing my <laughs> vows, <laughs> and uh, you could, you know, uh, we had Dave Perlman's uh, retirement there, and Diane Feinstein came. Um, great space, seats about one fifty. Nice. I'm thinking Heather and I've been talking about events. I'm thinking an event. May get sued by Muni Diaries, but <laughs> call it Burrito Stories. <laughs> Have people come and tell Ooh. burrito stories, like newsmakers and right. just local people. Um, and then, no, oh. yes. everybody brings their favorite burrito. Hmm. So you come and people eat their burritos, and then and then there's a little bit of an audience thing like, hey, what are you eating? And if someone brings Chipotle, oh, you bring we... two burritos. You have one, and then <laughs> one to share. Yeah, so I you get your favorite burrito from your favorite place in San Francisco and bring it, and mm. maybe we'll also have some burritos for people who don't come. Mm. Um, problems, I think the mess might <laughs> preclude this. Um, but uh, what if people eat their burritos before they get here? What if they eat it before they get there? Having to wait, the burritos might be cold. Yeah, but uh, I think this idea has potential. Heather, you're kind of. Will there be beer? There, yes. Okay. Well, I'm in. Then I'm in. No forks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No forks. Sorry. Foil. We need lots of foil. Lots of yeah. foil. You guys seem you seem skeptical. <laughs> you seem to be thinking all the problems that yeah. I'm not thinking about this. Everyone would be really sleepy. Everybody would be sleepy. I think they're all going to eat it before they get there. Yeah. All eat it before they get there. Hard to tell a story while eating a burrito. True. Or Mike in one hand, burrito in the other. The foil rustling. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Tons of stuff it. caught in your teeth while you're telling your story. Yeah. The microphone will be not pleasant for the next person telling the story after the first person <laughs> told the story. Okay, we're going to workshop this. <laughs> Thank you both very much. Why are you much. crying, Peter? <laughs> I'm not crying. It's okay. I'm not crying. We still love you. I'm not crying. I'm going to come up with a better idea. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank you both for coming, especially thank you, Burrito Justice. Um, Thank you very much for for joining us in our uh, little uh, archive layer here. It's nice. Sweet. Give you a review. It's it's, uh, uh, the second time I've been here. You gave me a tour years ago. And it's awesome. It's a a very uh, impressive um, space. And it's also when you you sell it as the morgue and then you come down here, it's actually... 
It's very well lit. Doesn't it look like a dentist's office? A little bit? Yeah, true. <laughs> that is under, a lot of people say that they are expecting it to be like some kind I of Harry. teeth of history. Like some kind of like Harry Potter, <laughs> you know, where Harry Potter goes to research and then they come in and then there are all these files that are have letters and numbers on them like a dentist's office. But then you go look at them they're full Inside, of cool stuff. They're totally full of cool stuff. Not dental records. <laughs> Not dental records. <laughs> Thank you both for coming and uh, we'll have you back. Okay. Do you talk about non-burrito subjects? Sometimes. Oh, yes, I have opinions. Okay. We're going to bring you (laughs) back. I want to hear your lots about other things. Ooh, I'll see what I can come up with. (laughs) We'll bring you back for a non-burrito subject. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guests, Burrito Justice and Heather Knight. This episode was produced by me, Peter Hartlob. Senior producer is King Kaufman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.